What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Sam Orlick here. Warriors not off to a good start in this seven-game homestand, losing to the Heat. Um, 114-102 to was the final score. Definitely didn't feel like it was even that close most of this game. Just not a overall good performance from pretty much anybody up and down the roster. Um, Lots of struggles for the starting unit, uh, which has been the story for this entire season. Um, Clay Thompson and Jonathan Kaminga led the team in uh, minus 26. And uh, Curry, in his own right, was minus 14. That was third worst. Uh, Kavon Looney was minus nine in a limited 14 minutes. Um, The only warrior who was able to put together any type of rhythm and contribute to winning basketball was Moses Moody, who was basically inserted uh, to replace Clay Thompson to close out this game when the Warriors found themselves down 20 at the start of the fourth quarter, and when the Warriors finally showed some signs of life, picking up full court, executing, playing with a sense of urgency, um, when it was kind of too little too late, Moody ended up being plus 10 on the night. So um, a lot of interesting takeaways from this game. Obviously, incredibly disappointing outcome. Miami Heat was without two of their key starters in Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. Um as well as several other key rotation reserves not available for them, Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson, uh, Thomas Bryant. So Miami definitely wasn't even at full strength. Warriors obviously still without Draymond Green and GP2. This definitely felt like a game where Draymond matched up with Bam Adebayo could have really done some damage. And Miami had a very clear and cohesive game plan that they executed for 48 minutes and you got to give them credit eric spoltra always done an incredible job in miami um miami's always been you know an incredibly difficult matchup for the warriors and it shows they came with a lot of intensity and pressure that the warriors weren't ready to handle again leading to all of those early turnovers in the first half um you know, Miami didn't commit a turnover in the first half, uh, whereas the Warriors had um, eight or nine. Again, six of those were just from Kaminga. So they cleaned it up in the second half. The Warriors, they basically only committed a handful of turnovers, only 13 turnovers on the night, which you would take most nights. Almost any night, you'd take only 13 turnovers, but it really felt like against this Miami team that plays this very methodical slow pace but then when they had opportunities to get it out in transition and get easy buckets they certainly took advantage um you just needed to be so much more efficient and even though they only had 13 turnovers it felt like 20 or 25 simply because miami didn't miss they shot 48 and a half percent on the night um most of their misses were from three 44 out of 91 from the field and only 10 of 31 from three. So they were basically 34 for 60 um, 
you know, better than 50% from two. And it showed. You had um, the rookie Jaime, uh, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, uh, Jamal Cain, just all stepping up, hitting big shots, whether it was open three-pointers, attacking the rim, um, getting downhill, jumpers, just everything seeming to fall for Miami. And for the Warriors, the only thing that really kept them in this game and from it being a complete blowout was getting to the free throw line, which continues to be a strength for the Warriors. Um, 20 for 25 from the foul line. You know, Miami in its own right, 16 for 22. So it didn't necessarily yield so much of an advantage, but you just see how that continues to be something that the Warriors have made a point of emphasis this season, attacking the rim, getting drawing fouls, recognizing, you know, getting teams into the bonus and recognizing taking advantage. Um, some other things to look at here. Jackson Davis, he had 25 and a half minutes. He had a double-double. Looked really good. Unfortunately, there were like three or four bunnies that he missed at the rim, uh, whether they were putbacks or, or deliveries. So you hate to see that. That's just points left on the board. Jonathan Kaminga, the same thing. Um, Kaminga went 0 for 3 from 3. Kaminga's kind of struggled lately the last few games from 3. Felt like there was a stretch there where he was shooting like, I think almost 50% from 3. Um, definitely not on high volume, but the wide open ones, he was knocking them down. Hasn't been the case lately, and we really needed it. Um, and so you just kind of look up and down this roster and this box score, and you can just see how Warriors just looking for anybody to help contribute on a night where they had um, eight guys in double figures, almost nine. Kaminga with 10, Thompson with 13, Pods with 10, Curry with 13, Chris Paul with nine, Wiggins with 11, Jackson Davis with 10, Sarge with 10, Moody with 11. So many guys eclipsing the 10 point mark, um, but just not able to do so efficiently. Curry, three of 15, Wiggins, four of 11, Thompson, four of 11. Um, just needing to, to hit shots and the three pointers, especially eight of 33 on three for the night, 24%. This is just very not warriors esque basketball. And a lot of these were open threes. Again, Kaminga had open threes. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was 0 for, 0 for three. He had some open looks. Um, and then Thompson, you know, he had a couple looks at three, but they were called as turnovers because he had his foot on the line. Um, where actually that was a play where it was like an and one where Thompson hit the three and Pods was fouled setting a screen. And they went to replay and saw Thompson's foot was out of bounds. So they took away the three and they just gave the foul on Thompson or on uh, on Pods defender. So it just it just was a night where you know that it's such a grind and a slog fest against a Miami team that just everything is so difficult and nothing is easy. And it just felt like the Warriors didn't come prepared. They they kind of phoned this one in like no Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry. We got this, you know, Miami. Sure, they're going to play well, but they got a bunch of young young guys or, or no names and far from it. And we couldn't hit shots at home. Um, we weren't able to really get consistent stops that, you know, we had a nice stretch in that end of the first quarter after a bad start where we held them, you know, four minutes without a field goal and took the lead. 
Um, that was really the only stretch of the night where the Warriors were really able to effectively clamp down on Miami and stop the bleeding. And it wasn't just one player. It wasn't just, well, you know, Bam Adebayo went for 30 and we had no answer. Again, it was um, Hero with 26, Bam with 17, Jaime with 17, Kane with 18. It was, you know, four different guys basically um, almost going for 20 and, um, and, and very efficient shooting. And so, you know, Miami's a very well-coached team and play really hard, and, and the Warriors just didn't feel like they were ready to bring their A game, and um, they've got a lot to clean up. Now, we did see the highly touted Wiggins and Kaminga sighting, right? That, that's kind of been the talk lately is why don't the Warriors play Kaminga and Wiggins on the floor together, right? You got the two um, dynamic athletic wings. They can switch, they can defend, they can attack, uh, they can spot up for three. And for whatever reason, despite how appealing that sounds in theory or on paper, it just hasn't translated when they've been on the floor together. Uh, I'm pretty sure that stretch in the second quarter when Kaminga had the six turnovers was when Kaminga and Wiggins were on the floor together. So, you know, part of that, it's hard to chalk it up to they struggled because they were both on the floor together and it was just guys weren't playing um, intelligently or taking their time. Like Andrew Wiggins first play checks in uh, Miami throws a zone and it, it throws Wiggins off. He, you know, he catches the ball in the short corner with about six or seven seconds left. He's got to make a move and he dribbles it off his foot out of bounds. Right. And these were the kind of plays that Wiggins was making consistently at the beginning of the year, which led him to being demoted to the second unit. Um, and then, you know, he, he hits four field goals, but definitely left a lot hanging on the rim. He had a good three bunnies where he's in great position in a post up on a smaller guy and he turns and just pulls it, pulls it short. So guys are going to need to step up and play better if you're going to win games. I mean, again, you know, warriors have this seven game home stretch that they just dropped the first game of, but these aren't free wins. Just because you're playing at home, you still need to show up. You still need to play hard. You still need to execute the game plan. And you need to score. You need to score and you need to stop the other team from scoring. So, um, you know, thankfully, I think tonight's tonight's loss was less about the issues that have plagued them this entire season, which is turnovers and fouling. Because, again, you shot a few more free throws than Miami and you only committed, you know, 13 instead of what you normally put up, 16, 17, 18 turnovers, just guys didn't show up ready to play in, in terms of being able to put the ball in the basket and um, and playing intelligently. And so, you know, I just think that that, that second quarter really set the, set the tone for the night. Um, you got down like 15 points in that second quarter. The Warriors cut it to like five coming into halftime, but still just, you know, just the fact that you put yourself in that position when you had really swung the momentum of the game at the end of the first, that's really where it feels like the game was lost. Uh, Miami came out hot. The Warriors had an answer and they took the lead. And it felt like the game was kind of hanging there as far as, you know, who was going to impose their will. And then it was all Miami. And a lot of that was just self-inflicted pain by the Warriors throwing the ball out of bounds and not establishing the rhythm 
in getting guys open looks, getting guys good good shots to fall, um, helping to kind of keep Miami scrambling on defense. Instead, you get all these turnovers that lead to Miami points. You don't let Steph Curry really get going. Um, Clay Thompson hits a couple threes, but it just, you know, it, it didn't really look that great and, and defensively wasn't really there. And it's just hard to feel like this was, you know, a hard fought game. And, and it certainly didn't feel like it was for lack of effort, but, um, you know, this are one of the, one of the rare nights where even the Warriors second unit was outscored. This wasn't even a case of the starters dug big holes and Chris Paul and Sarge and Wiggins come in and clean it up. And it was a game. This was like one of the rare occasions where this wasn't a clutch game and the Warriors were down big most of the night. And every time the Warriors tried to put together a run and string together a couple buckets, maybe get a couple stops, you turn around and look again and Miami, you know, ripped off seven straight. And and just the way in which they were scoring, it felt like it was so easy. It wasn't like Miami's hitting incredible shots that, you know, horse shots that it's like tip your hat to them. Nobody can miss. It's like they're just flat out executing better than we are on both ends of the floor despite missing key players whoever's name was called was stepping onto the floor and playing with confidence and intensity and intentionality for you know every every second that they were on the court um and it just didn't quite feel like everyone was locked in um the one guy who was who was felt like he was the most locked in is the guy who's out of the rotation right now which is Moses Moody Moody had, again, 11 points, team best plus 10 on the night, two blocks. Um, For all this talk about Moody not really being able to keep guys in front, uh, several occasions he was all over Tyler Hero and just had a couple huge blocks. So Moses was definitely all over the place. And, you know, I give Pod some credit too. He was keeping, uh, he was being matched up with Jaime, who's, you know, definitely more of a forward when pods is more of a combo guard and, and pods held his ground. So I give credit there. Um, it just didn't really feel like anyone had it going tonight. And that includes Steph Curry. And so part of that is we just come to expect that Curry's going to dig us out of these holes and go off for 30 points. And, and, you know, it's surprising at home when you don't see him, you know, fully unlock. And, and I mean, he finished with 13 points, which was, um, tied for team high with Thompson, but that's saying something, you know, Curry only had 13 points and he was a minus 14 with those 13 points in in almost 32 minutes. So not the way you want to start this off, but, uh, you know, for the Warriors, there's more games to come. There's going to be more opportunities for them to redeem themselves here. Taking a look at the schedule now, they've got the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday and then Orlando on Tuesday, Denver on Thursday, Detroit on Friday, Toronto Wednesday, uh, Toronto Sunday, and New Orleans Wednesday. Those are a lot of tough teams. And even the one team that you think would be an easy win in the Den- in the Detroit Pistons are currently on an NBA uh, an NBA record of twenty eight consecutive losses. And so you just really hope that you don't have to face the Detroit Pistons um, in about a week 
and they still haven't won a game because with the way, with the Warriors' luck and the way that they've been playing and their inconsistencies, uh, you don't you do not want to be the team that the Detroit Pistons finally end their losing streak against. Um, so you know this is a very difficult and interesting time for Warriors. You know, a lot of people clamoring about trades and is this roster right and making a move. Maybe you do that. Maybe you don't. I don't really know who you even go after or who you would trade or keep. So many different ways to look at it. So many different ways to chop it all down. Um, And I don't think there's any bona fide, easy answer to any of that. And at the end of the day, the Warriors have always been at their best with Draymond Green. So... Part of this is recognizing we don't have Draymond and there are certain things that Draymond does for us that are irreplaceable on both ends of the floor. And we are seeing, you know, we are starting to see more of the holes. We're starting to see the cracks emerge, right? I think, I think, you know, with Draymond's suspension, indefinite suspension and kind of the drama and all everything that happened you had a lot of questions, right? But then all of a sudden, that leads to opportunity. Now you've got Pods and Kaminga in the starting lineup, and Trace Jackson Davis is playing so well. And so some of the the glaring issues have kind of been hidden a little bit because we've become um, kind of mesmerized or um, intrigued by these young players playing so well. And thinking that, you know, perhaps there is this other group of, of players to kind of fill in for the veteran core that we're kind of counting on to help us win some games and instead maybe a little bit more focus or emphasis on these young guys that can contribute today. Um, but at the end of the day, somebody like Draymond Green isn't replaceable with a Kaminga or with a, with a Jackson Davis. Um, or with Wiggins, he he does so many things and most importantly anchors the defense. And defense is what helps Warriors win games, right? They get stops and they go out on fast breaks and they get easy buckets and that gets them going and then they can execute in the half court, um, especially against a very well-disciplined, well-coached Miami Heat team. So, you know, and I, I'm not trying to make excuses here. Obviously, Warriors need to play better and, and there is no... Right. There's still no return date for Draymond Green. Um, I did hear some some rumors that it was expected that he would maybe miss 10 to 15 games. And so you got to think that you're um, maybe a third of the way into his suspension. But there isn't really a definitive timetable on it. And I don't know even how much time or effort or energy Draymond's putting into basketball, staying in shape, working on his game. You know, how quick is he when he does return? going to be hitting the ground running and ready to go. I think there's some some major question marks there. And um, for the Warriors, you fall under 500 again, and you're just trying to keep your head above water to try and even make the playoffs. Forget, you know, championship contention. You're just trying to make the playoffs. You're trying to fall, you know, not fall into the play-in. And right now you might, you're not even in the play-in with the standings. So... Definitely a tumultuous time for the Warriors, but, um, you know, the light is there at the end of the tunnel. There's six more games at home. 
and uh, Warriors are going to have another chance to right the ship on Saturday against uh, Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. And once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. If you haven't already, please give me a follow over at Twitter. That's at SD Orlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one.